Just as a completion of the sermon, I thought rather than take communion, it would be good for y'all to hear a story of how the Lord has used trials to perfect, uh, to, well, and I wouldn't say perfect, but, you know, move toward the goal. There you go, of one of his servants. So I, I've asked Deanne to kind of share her story. Please. Well, my story began here in Midtown Tulsa. I was born at Hillcrest Hospital in 1951 to two 25-year-olds in love. My dad was a car salesman. My mom was a secretary. And both sets of grandparents lived here in town as well. My parents attended an Assemblies of God church in town, and I remember being there several times a week. My dad ushered, but over the years, he stopped coming. And my parents divorced when I was 14. A year later, my mom remarried a Texan, and we moved to a Dallas suburb where I finished high school. In my youth, I was a prideful, insecure, shy, emotional, and fearful little girl, all for reasons I cannot explain. I was the firstborn of three girls. My half-brother was born a year after I left for college. I learned about Jesus' love in the church. I was drawn to his forgiving heart. It was clear to me that I was a sinner and I needed a savior. Bible stories and a few significant teachers, especially during my senior year of high school, captured my imagination as they fed me the mystery of God's ways. The Bible's words comforted me and gave me direction as a young person. Stories of saints, courage, and missionaries' adventures fed a deep desire in me to serve God in a similar way. In junior high, I met a young man who I thought would make a fine Christian and a husband if God would save him. He was ambitious, smart, courageous, and was very cute, and he liked me. When he decided to follow Jesus, we married and began the awkward dance of learning to get along. Our lives were also filled with adventure as he finished school and we worked toward a plan to go to Cambodia as missionaries, despite the communist threat and Vietnam War that raged next door. By September of 1973, we were in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, the capital, where we began teaching English using the Bible. Over the next two years, we saw the Lord build and add to his church, often in quite dramatic ways. Two weeks after we left the country, taking five orphan babies to be adopted by Christian families, the Khmer Rouge troops, or also known as Red Communists, drove into the capital and people there were forced into farm work groups and driven into the countryside to live. The next four years were dark and filled with famine, torture, and chaos. Many of our church members were killed, but a few survived to tell their stories, and there are many more accounts of God's preserving care for the church there. And I met some of these people on a recent visit this past January when I returned. Fast forward from 1973 to 1989, my pastor missionary husband of 19 years admits to me that he doesn't love me anymore. He's leaving the church and our family of five children to become a shaman. He moves to Arizona to pursue this along with other soulmates, and I'm left on my own to try and figure out what to do. And yet, not alone. The Lord is with me. And the Lord made that very real to me. Though I was no longer near my usual church family, 
separated, as Ricky said, stripped. There were so many things stripped away from me. The Lord gave me another church home, one little Baptist church in rural Kingston, Oklahoma, but one in which my second son, Jeremy, 10 years old, responded to God's call to follow him. Weeks before he was killed at close range in a shotgun tragedy. Within the span of one unwelcome week, I signed divorce papers, buried my son, and moved. And during that summer, interestingly, I'd come to the place in my Bible reading to the book of Job. You know his trials. His trials put mine in perspective, a perspective that I desperately needed. It helped me to rest in the reality that God and all heaven and hell were watching, that whatever may have seemed freakish, random, and maybe even demonic was under God's almighty control. None of what happened to me was a mistake. Now, mind you, I didn't think this right at first. My understanding of God's mysterious ways were beginning to grow beyond the confines of my small thinking. But that very morning, my, the psalm in my reading was Psalm 71. And I would encourage you, if the Lord reminds you as you go home today, take out your Bible and read that psalm. It was so helpful for me and schooled me, instructed me over the next years. The Lord was good. He brought significant people and resources near that sustained and reminded me of his care. His word was true food to me. The Holy Spirit was always available night or day to hear my prayers, instruct, and guide me. Though many of my questions entailed waiting, and sometimes that waiting stretched out for many years, in the meantime, I discovered delights in the people, places, and creatures of God's world. In the new and different places I moved, there were always believers to gather with, books to read and learn from, and many things to give thanks to God for. There was significant work to yet be done, and he made me realize that I could still be with him in that work. One soon answer the Lord gave me was a second husband, Ed Harris, an elder and bachelor I met when I joined Trinity Presbyterian Church of Plano, Texas. That was my first foray into the PCA. Prior to that, I never even knew what it was. So the Lord was guiding even then. Ed had some physical and visible handicaps, but I had internal ones. Ed married me in 1990 and took on the responsibility of loving me and my four squirrely children, one who sits in this auditorium today, <laughs> Lacey Marino. We were married for 25 years until his death from cancer nearly two years ago. Our first years were tumultuous as I began internally unpacking many sorrows. But Ed helped me walk through strong bouts of depression, self-doubt, hidden pockets of unbelief that dredged up suicidal thoughts. He encouraged me to study, and we moved to St. Louis at one point, and I got to attend some classes at Covenant Seminary. He placed a confidence in me that had been ravaged by years of verbal and physical abuse from various quarters of my life. He treated me with respect and admiration, something that only Christ had done, not a male human being so close. 
I was healed, not perfectly, but significantly by his love. That's all the story I can give you at this moment.